Hey guys, it's Jen. It's time for us to write a new story. We often don't realize just how hung up on past failures, mistakes, heartbreak, and trauma we are. What if we could reframe our story and instead look at the person who grew from our past? Instead of holding on to what we should have done, can we hold on to what we can do now? It's impossible for us to move into a new story when we are still so hung up on the old one. The key is not in forgetting things happened. Rather, we need to look at these experiences as the steps that got us where we are today. If you look inside yourself, what experiences are you still holding on to? When I do a meditation for healing, I am always shook by what comes up. I look back on my life and I feel so blessed to have had such a quote-unquote easy life. I don't think of myself as someone with a hard life or emotional trauma in any way. But wow, when I really allow myself to feel all the feels and tap into my core, there are things buried so deep that it shocks me. Flashes going all the way back to elementary school, memories from middle school, experiences from 20 or 30 years ago that it's not that I want to forget them, but I also don't really want to think about them. The only problem with not thinking about them is that it doesn't make them go away. Instead, it just festers inside of you and it manifests itself in, well, ickiness aversion to certain relationships, reactions to situations, defensiveness, standoffishness, the way we treat our spouses, our kids, ourselves, physical ailments. Our interactions of today are fueled by our interactions in the past. The way we think about ourselves today is directly related to how we thought of ourselves in the past. And how much of what we thought of ourselves back then was formed by the most ridiculous opinions and experiences. Were you picked last on the playground in the fifth grade so you felt inferior? The self-selected captains at recess looked at you and didn't think you'd be good enough for their team. So you blended into the background. You were stuck in a position where these 10-year-old managers thought you'd do the least damage, which also meant, of course, you'd get the least opportunities to shine, or even just not to be as bad as they thought you'd be. And maybe when you did do something okay, or dare I even say good, you got a good job, a compliment that you latched onto possibly the beginnings of a pattern of you seeking that validation from your peers. Eventually, maybe you even stopped trying to play with them at recess because, really, why bother? The embarrassment of always being last just became too much. Was this a trauma? Certainly not in comparison to actual traumas in the world. But it doesn't mean it didn't impact who you are today. Walk through this with me. As you got older... You didn't play sports because you stopped playing organized games at recess and you couldn't climb the rope in gym class. And clearly that's the benchmark for athleticism or so we were told. Without sports, 
Maybe you shirked away from other fitness-related activities and opted for more sedentary ones. Or when left out of the team activities, you found yourself involved in more solitary ones. How does this play out in the long run? Does it impact your fitness level now as a 40-something? Your health, strength, and mobility? Possibly. Your social interaction and involvement? That wouldn't surprise me either. And why? Because a couple of fifth graders on the playground made the decision that they didn't want you on their team. And here you are, 35 years later, still impacted by that experience. Or in middle school, were you part of a group of friends? Until one day, a self-appointed Queen Bee decided, as they so often do, that you weren't. No reason, really. She just decided that they weren't going to be your friend anymore. Maybe you did something, but maybe you didn't. Maybe she decided that you weren't good enough for her. Or maybe you were too good and she felt threatened by you. The reason was irrelevant because the outcome was the same. You were left on the outside looking in. Did you assume you weren't likable enough or fun enough or pretty enough? You weren't, quote unquote, popular. With a broken heart, did you find it hard to trust friends again? Did you feel inferior to the popular girls? Did you feel insecure? How does that play out in the long run? Did it impact your friendships as a 20-something or now as a 40-something? Do you doubt if you're likable enough or fun enough or pretty enough? Do you look at the quote-unquote popular moms and feel inferior? And why? Because a 13-year-old mean girl decided to cut you out of the friend group? And here you are, 30 years later, still impacted by that experience. Or in high school, noticing that a question had been inaccurately graded, Did you politely go up to your teacher to tell her, advocating for yourself, only for her to respond, no one likes a point grubber, Jennifer? Clearly that one was me. I often use that example of horrible misfoot in my classes as an illustration of how not to respond to students. I will say how that one played out in the end, though. For years, regardless of context, but especially in school and professional environments. So really, I guess it was anywhere with an organizational hierarchy. I refused to advocate for myself. No way. I would never, ever speak up. And why? Because a bitter, angry woman was unable to admit that she made a mistake. And 30 years later, yes, I still think about that experience. I do like to think that that experience made me much better and more empathetic in my job. Past wounds don't need to be traumatic to leave emotional damage. We all need healing to move on to the future. Our interactions of today are fueled by those interactions from the past. The way we think about ourselves today is directly related to how we thought of ourselves in the past. Not thinking about it doesn't make it go away. It just gives it power. So before we can move on to our future self, 
we need to address our past one. From this vantage point, what can you tell her? Let's start by writing yourself a letter. Dear past me, now that you have 30 or more years behind you, those years full of experiences and knowledge, what do you know now that you wish you would have known back then? What would you tell that young version of you? But now we can take control of our story, reframe it, and instead look at the person who grew from our past. Instead of holding on to what we should have done, can we hold on to what we can do now? The next step is to write yourself another letter, but this one is different. Dear future me, it's time to write a new story. Who are you going to be moving forward? We are no longer neglecting those emotional wounds and experiences, but instead we can use them as a foundation to appreciate the person we are and where we are headed next. Own the new version of you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will take this time for you. If you're not already, please follow the show so you don't miss out on new content. Also, I'd love to have you reach out to me on socials. I'm on Facebook, follow Reframing Me, and join the Facebook group, Reframing Me, a podcast community, to connect with other women who are also raising teens and rediscovering themselves. On TikTok and Instagram, I'm at Reframing Me. Or email me with questions or issues that you'd like me to cover in a later episode. Jen at reframing-me.com. I hope you enjoy the podcast enough to go in and review it or share it with people who you might think would benefit from it. And if you're new to the community, welcome. Please go back and catch up on earlier episodes. Until next time, be well and communicate.